We're just where we're at people's now. That's yeah, just what we're going on. Right. Uh, <laughs> did we use every one of them in the list? I I think so. Oh, I have oh, no I idea. Oh, I better add to that list. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, but today we are saying hello, plant peoples. I am Chris. Welcome to episode 30 of Fancy Plants Podcast. And I'm here with Sue. Hello. And Amanda. Hello. You've both been busy. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, it's been a week. We're finally done seeding. So excited about that. We have uh, 17 million trees planted. So... That's exciting. That is super exciting. Now we just have to make them grow. Are they poking out of the soil yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that probably smells so good. It does. I got like little five centimeter tall trees and they are like bushy on top and got pom poms. And that's when they're super strong smelling. I always find like like a baby, like a little tree, like if you touch it or whatever, you can smell it. They're, they're, <laughs> it depends on the time of the year. I mean, <laughs> that's you, cute. They probably look really cute, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like forest in miniature. Yeah. Then you wish you could shrink and just hang out in there in your little in your little forest. So Amanda, you had given me um, a couple of little fairy garden pieces for my desert rose. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Forest. I remember that. Yeah. And I and I kind of forgot what I had chosen, and so the other day I was looking at it and I was like, oh, it's like a scary little gnome down there, and I forgot. <laughs> I thought I was looking at him today. I thought he was really cute. He is cute. I love him. He's so he's adorable. He's kind of got a little he he's got an ugly little face on him though. He he looks perpetually grumpy. I want to say that he has a an a grumpy face, but he has high charisma. So yeah, okay, that's what we're running with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like that grumpy old man that you just kind of like adore. Anyways, yeah. yeah, you still adore. Like he'd give you help, but you have to not. He give you like, crap about it the whole time. Uh, or you'd have to act like you weren't helpless when you act when you ask for it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, 17 million trees. Is that how many? How many are you planting this year? 17 million. Oh, so the seeding is done. Oh, yeah. Seeding's done. So what does that mean for you now? Uh, running around like a maniac, trying to keep them all alive. <laughs> I know you can do it. I'm going to try. <laughs> I'm going to try. So when you plant for the trees, do you have to factor in like non-success rate like absolutely like and what is the average percentage out of 17 million trees that might not make it it depends on the seed lot so um we always seed for 100 percent cavity fill mm -hmm. so if we have a tray of let's just pick a nice round number here of 100 trees and that seed lot only has an 80 percent germination mm-hmm we are going to seed that at 1.2. I know it sounds weird. Yeah. Seeds I, I per get cavity. It yeah. So if there was 10, 10 cavities across on that tray, two of those would have an extra seed in them just to make up for that extra oh, okay. percentage. So we always seed at, you know, make sure that our germination is we have enough seed that we have we could have a hundred percent. Okay. Awesome. And then we factor in um our oversows. So depending on the type of crop it is, if we have, if it's something we typically have really, really great success with, we might only have a 5% extra or a 7% extra. If it's something that as a track record, we have slightly less success with, or if the order's really, really small, uh, what we might do then is have a 10 or 15% extra. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, we the math. There's a, a ton of math in it to figure out what we need to fill an order. Yeah. So, are, so you are filling orders exclusively, or do yes. you you don't plant anything outside of those orders? No, we we plant per orders. How far in advance does one of your customers have to? There's people order? booking for next year already. Yeah. Okay. That's that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. And a lot of companies will do a three year contract in Alberta. Um, you have to have a 200-year plan for any uh, area that's forested. And within that 200-year plan, they can do projections to see how many trees they're going to need. And quite often, if it's an area that they're planning on planting in the spring, uh, they're working a year and a half ahead on their orders. Wow. 
Oh, that's lots. Yeah. It's it's quite the uh it's quite the system. I don't envy you that job. Yeah, it I think it sounds very very fun, but also very um a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a lot. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's, okay, yeah, I grow trees, but Monday night, you know, I'm back at the shop at eight o'clock at night learning how to repair a boiler valve <laughs> because we need heat in order to not kill these trees and this needs to happen. So it's me and the maintenance guy at, you know, 830 at night trying to figure out how to make the heat work. Because it broke and it needs to be fixed now. So it's it's interesting. Well, thank you for that insight into what it's like to grow 17 million trees. It's absolutely incredible and a mind-blowing number that I can't wrap my head around. And now can you be, imagine having to take care of 1,700 plants? Like, I have a lot of plants, but I def or 17 million plants, not 1,700. I have a lot of plants, but I couldn't imagine... I couldn't imagine having... 17 million and taking care of it. Well, you have t- a team though. Like, <laughs> yes, you have a team, but still, I mean, a team. Remarkably, our grow team is quite small. Our grow team is four people. Yeah. That's, I don't think you, you should have too many. You'd be stepping all over each other. Well, and it's difficult. It re- relies heavily on really good communication. Yeah. And it would be difficult to communicate with much more than that. Yeah. But it's it's good. It. Uh, the, I think you need an assistant though, so you don't have to work seven days a week. But that's just me. Whatever. Yeah, that's my <laughs> that's my thoughts too. There's but I of, get it. Too many cooks spoil the stew. Yeah, there's a lot of mud involved, but that's all right. That's all right, Sue. What are you been up to? Ah, uh, just getting organized. I actually went out to my greenhouse yesterday and started to kind of dig through because a lot of stuff was left in it. So she left some really tacky lawn ornaments. And there's like, they're on a pole and they're all got like a spring bobblehead. There's flamingos. There's gnomes. There's a hula girl. There's a frog. They are so dibs on the flamingo. Okay. <laughs> you can have, because there's actually a couple flamingos. You can Like, are them. they really, really big or are they small? No, they just, they're on a stake and they stick up. Like you don't put them up so they're low to the ground. They st- stick up and then they have these bobble heads that are like as big as their bodies and then the hula girl she's got like a double bobble on her so that her hips sway too wow they're um interesting (laughs) dibs on a flamingo i'm just gonna hide it somewhere in the yard so that cole comes home one day and gives me the what in the ever loving is that i should because yeah so i started cleaning that out because i'm really excited to use it this year it's been getting warm in there. I've been getting up to 15 degrees during the day. Isn't that exciting? Yeah. I don't have like a Bluetooth kind of thermometer. It's like an old school, like the red rises and I have to go out and check it. So I have been kind of obsessed with checking it. You know, I'm obsessed with checking greenhouse temperatures as well. Yeah. It's yeah. a thing. I have to go out and look. I mean, I have my little tiny grow tent that's beside us here. That's like four feet <laughs> wide and five feet tall and what two feet deep it has a thermometer and a hydrometer hydrometer hygrometer hydrometer Uh, who knows in there but i don't have any seeds yet because for some reason they're taking a thousand years to get here but the great thing is is when i'm sitting in my living room i can actually check the temperature in there but i realize it's not 17 million trees or a big greenhouse but i'm looking forward to you know peeking in on my pepper plants I wonder if there's other people that are having problems with seeds because I've read a couple articles about seed shipping being kind of an issue right now. It is. And it there really people are running that. out of seed, like places are running out of seeds to, for people to order. Well, we might as well run into our next topic now then, which is seed starting. Ta-da! Yay! <laughs> yeah. Look how, look how we made that flow. <laughs> um, I didn't get to tell you why I'm so busy, but I'll do that next time. I'll hold on. I'll, oh, I'll hold on to no, that. I, I want to know why you oh. were so busy. Oh, man. Uh, you know what? I will save it for next time. Aw. Yeah. It, but it's all good because it's, it's good stuff. Why you got to be like that? Because I want people to come back and maybe listen next Fine. episode. <laughs> Make me wait. Also, yeah. I'm really, really excited to talk about seed starting um, because, like I said, I'm waiting for these pepper seeds and I've been doing a ton of reading um, on how to start these seeds. And there's so many different specific 
pepper seed pieces of advice out in the world. So I, I think I talked about it a little a little bit before using saltpeter to soften the shell of the seed. And I only really saw that advice in one place, but I have the saltpeter coming, so I'm thinking I might as well. And that's yeah, absolutely. Try it out. Some people say that's really only necessary for like the ultra hot peppers, which I did not order. Um, but I'm gonna, you know, I might do an experiment well where I do some in peroxide. Okay, and, yep. Yeah, and then others in the saltpeter. And maybe some even just a, you know, control group without any soaking. <laughs> just soaking in water and, and see what happens. Oh yeah, absolutely. I like experiment. I always do things like that. I'll report back. It's going to take a while, though, because like I say, some of them take a long time to germinate. But I am excited to try this because I, I think I mentioned before, too, I want to make salsa. So yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited for that. I will. I will come make salsa one day. Yay. I would love that. I would. I would love to eat salsa. No, I'd help make it for sure. I like doing stuff like that. <laughs> do I, do I need to grow my any favorite condiment. Uh, oversized herbs for you at work? Well, I don't like cilantro, but I can grow you all like I can grow you a three foot cilantro. No, thank you, because that is my worst nightmare. Like, <laughs> I love cilantro on the right things. Salsa. I, I can taste tacos. it right away. Like if there is a little chunk of cilantro in, in it, I will taste it and I'll be like, Bleh. we used to have this little place in Grand Prairie that was like a kid's play place. I take my kids to and they'd have pizza and they put cilantro on all their pizza. That was wrong. That was a no-go. Then it tasted like dirt on your pizza. Well, it's a strange choice because there's so many people who don't like it. I love cilantro on pizza. I love cilantro on anything. Well, why don't we kind of, uh, outside of peppers, which I think can be a little more special when it comes to seed starting, um, why don't we talk about some plants that we'll end up putting outside, but we maybe are starting seeds inside now or soon. We might be a little late in some regions. Um, for us, I mean, our last frost doesn't happen until, what, the end of May? At least, yeah. Yeah, so we're still okay for in this area of the world. But I have been seeing lots of gardening posts on some Facebook groups where people are like, look, I'm topping my pepper plant. I'm like, oh, geez. <laughs> I can't even see the ground here because it's still covered in snow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we just got another six inches this week. So how does seed starting differ per different type of plant? I think tomatoes might be unique. And I just talked about peppers. Are there others that are unique? where you might have to give them any sort of special treatment or watch for anything? There's quite a few that are unique. Um, seed companies are really, really great, though. A lot of times on the back of the package, it will tell you that you need to keep this in the fridge for a month. You need to store it in the freezer. They'll tell you if you need to soak them overnight in water. Uh, sweet peas are one, for example, that uh, you can seed very, very early. You know, if you can get them into the soil, you can seed them, but they also recommend soaking them overnight in water. Um, lots of the perennials have uh, cold, they, they need cold. Uh, tree seed needs, you know, specific stratification. I've read that because you want them to go dormant so that they, they wake up. Is that correct? Yeah. So a lot of times seeds are, um, they, they've got a built-in time clock. Poppies, for example, um, will sometimes germinate uh, without it, but poppy seed actually does best if you put it in the freezer and then plant it. So when they spread seeds outside naturally, a lot of times those seeds won't grow until the next spring. They, they need that cold period before it starts to warm up and they're like, oh, hey, time to go. That's interesting. So yeah. it looks like you're going to add to that. Oh, I was just going to say, like, um, I want to plant wildflowers out on an acreage. Like, we don't know what our yard looks like. It's been under snow. It was under snow when we looked at it and everything. But I want to plant wildflowers. So my, I'm going to put, I have packages of them from years prior, and I'm going to put them in the freezer for a while um, and get them kind of moist. I was reading, like, before you put, you don't just take your pack of seeds and throw it in the freezer. You got to get them a little moist so they actually freeze not dry freeze if that makes sense yeah it's <laughs> it, it depends on the plant and it, it's like tomatoes everybody's got their specific you must do this in order to have the best yeah but you know is plants are forgiving some of them aren't but most of them are well i know one year like poppies are one of my favorite flowers not my most favorite but one of my my top five and i planted some poppy seeds and i was like why didn't they grow 
because I didn't read instructions because as adults, I find that sometimes we just don't like to read instructions. <laughs> That's so true. Oh, yeah. And I just put them in the ground and I was like, whatever, they didn't grow. So I planted other things. And then the next year came and all of a sudden I'm like, ooh, I got puppies popping up and it was overcrowded, which I like. I like overcrowded flower beds personally. But Sometimes seeds come with like a coating on them. What is that? And what do, do you just plant them at that point if they have that? Do you know what I'm talking about? Are you talking like, about like, like like you can buy grass seed that comes coated? No, I'm talking about like vegetable seeds that almost have like, it looks like a candy coating on them. Pelleted seeds. Okay, thank you. So what is that and what do you do with those? Uh, it depends on why the seed is pelleted. A lot of times, ex- like really tiny seeds like alyssum or carrots or or what have you will come pelleted. And that's just a coating on them that is non-toxic to to the seed um, and it will drain away, but it makes it e- makes them easier to seed. You know, some of the pelleted seeds that are available, the coating that's on them is actually not very good for you. Oh. Um, which just means, you know, if you are dealing with pelleted seed, then, you know, throw on a pair of gloves. Oh, that's super interesting. I never would have guessed that. And don't eat the seeds. Don't eat them because they, they look like little candies. <laughs> they do. Yeah. They really do. I thought I, that was fertilizer on some of them too. Yeah, I did too. That's it's, why I brought up the grass seed. It can be at uh, on some of them. And everybody has a different composition for their pelleted coating. But just, you know, you, you also don't want to dig your hand in your bag of fertilizer and start spreading no. stuff around either. And you don't want to eat it. Like I quite often play in fertilizer, but it's... It's a workplace hazard for me. I got a visual me. on that, by the way. Just like, woo! Just having oh, a good time. Okay. Frolicking so in the fertilizer. I was mixing fertilizer last week. And me being the graceful swan that I am, as I was, because we have like the big bags of fertilizer, I'm cutting them open and adding them to my fertilizer tank and mixing my concentrate. I got a little too ambitious when I was cutting the bag open and might have po- poked a hole in the other side. And promptly, when I lifted it up to pour it into this 900-liter tank, filled my bra with fertilizer. Did your boobs grow? No. That's an excellent question, though. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ripped off yet again, and I was doing a dance around the corner trying to shake fertilizer out of my boobies. So note to listeners, fertilizer will not enhance your cup size. I wish it did. Do you, though? I know. I was going to be like going home and... Um, perking those babies up. I mean, fertilizer. You want to? You want to just like? Yeah, just just a little bit, like <laughs> just just a touch. I just want them to firm back. You're gonna up. have little like sprouts popping out of your shirt, like bad <laughs> chest hair. <laughs> I just pictured like alfalfa sprouts. <laughs> exactly. Maybe. Short and curly ones, just just poking out oh, at random angles. Time for lunch. Yeah, I was just <laughs> gonna say that actually wouldn't be a bad idea. Like, huh, I'm hungry. Because, like, one of my favorite things to eat is a veggie sandwich with alfalfa sprites. There you go. Just look Amanda up. She'll bring them right to you. <laughs> some fresh. Why are some seeds um, identified as heirloom? What does that mean? Ooh, that's a good question. Oh, they're both looking at me. Okay. No, I know uh, what it is. <laughs> I just know that you're going to answer. So, um, well, no, Sue. Uh, yeah. Answer. No, I, well, I was waiting for Amanda's answer because she's so technical on her answers. Okay. I'm kinda, like, I think it's your about. turn to answer a question. Well, heirloom just means they have not been like altered or like genetically modified or any of that in any way. And a lot of times, like, so they grow, we'll say carrots, for example. We grow carrots and actually peas. Peas are a little bit better one. People can visualize a pea seed better. So peas, they grow the peas Wait, and then they take their own pea pods and make more seeds. Is that because it's seeds. a pea? The seed is a pea? Yeah. yeah. The seed is a pea. <laughs> no, sorry. I, was just, I just wanted to um, make a joke about that because I feel smart <laughs> that I knew that. <laughs> but yeah. And so they just, they, they use them like over and over. Like, so it's from kind of genetically the same plant. Okay. They're not interbred with science. So they're uh, like another kinds. So they're an exact replica of the parent plant then? To an extent, depending on what the parent plant was pollinated with. Yeah. That, and yeah. I guess that's my question. How do and you know that it's an heirloom seed then if there's a chance that it was cross-pollinated? Okay. Well, if it's got open source pollination, it means that it will be similar to your beefsteak tomato, your heirloom beefsteak tomato. It will be similar now, here's my 
two cents and uh, cheap shot at heirloom <laughs> seeds. So heirloom seeds is in a lot of ways a marketing grab. Okay. You know, because they are twice the price. And whereas if you have your heirloom beefsteak tomato, which is your old variety of beefsteak tomato versus a newer variety of beefsteak tomato that is not heirloom, you are going to, and now there's people out there that will absolutely lynch me over this and say you get a better fruit from the heirloom variety. Now, this one here that has been carefully cross-pollinated and, you know, uh, for, for lack of better word, bred to be superior in some way, shape, or form, is going to give you a beefsteak tomato, but it is going to be more disease-resistant you know, a higher yielding fruit, um, all of these things that we desire and stuff. I want it to be disease resistant. I want it to grow a certain way. I want it to produce more. You want it to serve you. Yeah. I want it to produce faster. Yeah. These are all things that you get from buying, you know, George's brand tomato that is a, a newer variety on the market, whereas you buy, you know, Peter's heirloom seeds that have been around for 200 years. That's awesome. And it is great to plant, you know, keep the history alive. But so many people have come to me and said, my tomatoes aren't doing well. I've got all these diseases on them. I was like, okay, well, what did you plant? And they're like, well, they're all heirloom varieties. Mm. I'm like, that's awesome. Here is all the chemicals in the world that you're going to need to treat this because they have zero resistance. You're speaking Darwin's language here. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a crush I on it. him. I love it. I, I have a crush great. on him. <laughs> I've um, grown some heirloom things before, and I will tell you that I have found their success rate in our area not, maybe this isn't for everybody, but not as successful as like not necessarily getting heirloom. And I also wonder because bees pollinate. So I have a garden. My neighbor has a garden. I have my heirloom peas, and she has her, you know, whatever she grabbed off. Canadian Tire Shelf sure. peas. Yeah. And a bee comes over and is like, oh, this little pea flower. And then goes over to her little pea flower and then comes back to my little pea flower. Like, those yep. peas are still pollinated. Well, um, you, you paid more money for an heirloom variety that has now been cross-pollinated with something that's not. Yeah, exactly. Like, and you can't control that. Like, no, you can't be like, excuse not. me, bees. No, I don't want you here because you want them. Yeah. Um, so it, I do wonder how heirloom heirloom is. Hmm. I wonder if growing it inside in a tent would help those heirloom. You would definitely control your pollination. Yeah. Absolutely. Pollination is interesting because I was reading about it. Um, since I'm growing these peppers inside, I'm gonna I'm gonna be talking about peppers a lot, just so everybody uh, that, knows. I'm cool with that. I'm getting super nerdy about it. And when you have it outside, we can't plant them outside. They the growing season just doesn't allow for that here. So the wind would normally give them a little shake. But the nice thing about the hot pepper plants is you can go in and just kind of like eh, you just like shake it around and it will self pollinate apparently. So I'm going to try that. Too. Yeah. Or, ooh, or, or, or cat hair, no. <laughs> cat whisker, cat whisker. Yeah. Or you could order yourself some fruit set spray. Tell me about fruit set spray, Amanda. I. Honestly, I should shut my mouth because I don't even know if it's still available, but you could at one point buy a fruit set spray. It was made by Laters. Okay. And uh, it's just, it comes in a little spray bottle and it's made for tomatoes and peppers are the same family right. as tomatoes. They're nightshade. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, you just, you spray your plants with them and it helps to ensure pollination. Could it also be called blossom set spray? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. It looks like it is still available in different forms. Um, so that's interesting. I've actually never heard of that before. So I will be certainly looking at that. I kind of like the idea of shaking them. You know, you're having a bad day. You just go shake your plants. <laughs> make some, make some fruit. Make some babies. Yeah. Make some fruit. Yeah. We see those little like life hack things, videos going around on different social media sites. And they take like different fruits and vegetables that they bought at the grocery store and then they regrow them. Oh yeah. Yep. I was kind of curious, like, does it work like they show... Okay, wait, do you mean like take a celery and cut off all the stalks and then plant the bottom part? Yeah, or an onion or um, all kinds of things like that. Yeah. 
I have to tell you that some of those five minute crafts things, like I will cry laugh at them. Oh yeah. Like sticking the rose in the honey and then sticking it in like a banana or yeah, or wherever. It's just like, (laughs) what? So do you want my dirty confession? Always. I don't seed green onions. Why is that? I, I grow green onions all of the time. And I go to the grocery store and I buy a bunch of green onions. I eat the tops and we enjoy them. And then I plant the bottom halves and regrow green onions. That makes total huh? sense, though. Do you do that in your yeah. house? Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna, I want to do that. That's really smart, actually. I would love a little, what do they call them? The, like a little, like the aerial gardens or like what you sent us earlier on our little Oh, yeah. I think Amanda sent tray. it. It's like that you grow vegetables inside using this crazy hydroponic light up set and it looks all futuristic and rad. It's, yeah. it's beautiful. I kind of would like something like that, but maybe not quite so expensive okay so (laughs) yeah i'm I'm sure we'll cover this more but uh if you want an indoor hydroponic system for growing some green onions and some lettuce and some stuff like that we can build one for 40 bucks nice i like that yeah but does it look nice oh heck no (laughs) (laughs) that's a problem (laughs) if you want it to look nice it ain't gonna be cheap no, we're we're talking blue rubber made tote here. It's oh, not yeah. pretty. Oh yeah, I did that because I grew special tomatoes and I tried that with the rubber made bin. Oh okay. I have all the stuff for it still. Still got your air pump I guess and your you could baskets. But yeah. I like I could do something like that in the basement. I was I would certainly not be allowed to have a blue rubber made container in our upstairs. <laughs> you could stick <laughs> it in your grow tent. Yeah, I could. Does it need light then? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, because you I would need to see it. But yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, we'll see. I, I'm, I think I just need to start with these peppers and tomatoes, honestly. Yeah, I'm excited for you for the peppers and tomatoes. I'm getting nerdy about it. Not the pe- not the tomatoes as much, but the peppers, definitely. There's actually, like, there's so much information, and there are, like, crazy hobbyists who Dude, it's a cult. Things. Yeah, it's amazing. Did you know there's hot pepper eating contests? Oh, my gosh, I can't even imagine. And people, like, it's kind of, um, you know, a... a beat your chest kind of thing but yeah. they'll cross peppers to try and make them hot like people oh yeah just like farmer joe like not scientists but they'll play their own scientists and they'll cross peppers and then try to make hotter and hotter and hotter peppers so you think you know what the hottest pepper is this year but next year it could be a whole different story yeah it's it's very interesting it's a rabbit hole i've watched a thousand youtube videos and visited so many websites <laughs> just to see and i'm always curious about people who grow these extremely hot peppers because what do you, I'm not sure what you do with them. Right? Like, you go to a hot pepper eating contest. Well, that's the thing is I don't want to eat one. Well, that's what I was <laughs> yeah, saying. Like, I just that's want like to grow a, them. They're pretty. That's like the beat your chest thing, right? Like there's not really anything other than I have the hottest pepper. People don't flock to, you know, eat a pepper. And I always got to think like, Hot going in, hot going out, right? <laughs> I think that what some people do do is they make, <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> they make hot sauce so you yeah. can kind of control that. They actually will dry them and create a powder mm-hmm. of the hot peppers. Uh, and also uh, salsa is another use for those. And so I would imagine if you, you would, you know, depending on how hot you wanted it, you would sparingly or not sparingly use those peppers. So the peppers I got, I think I stayed around 100,000 Scoville units and below just because I wanted to kind of start and see how I wanted to use these. Although there are some extremely beautiful fruits out there that they look mean. They look like if you touch them, you will explode and they are incredible to look at. Oh, they're beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, My neighbor makes some pretty killer hot sauce. Every once in a while I'll come home and he'll be like, hey, hey, here, here. And he, he hands me this little glass bottle over the fence i feel like we're in like a covert drug <laughs> deal i'm like ooh, sweet give me the goods <laughs> so we have time for one more question in this uh section of the of our episode today and i am curious what are there seeds other than peppers because i think that's important that you need to germinate before you plant um like you're you're talking about having a cracked seed coat and just having that you know the little, little the, the, the little the tail tails coming out, out. Yeah. yeah okay um, it's not going to hurt anything, really. Some stuff does better, but 
quite honestly, doing a little pre-germ on just about anything, having that seed coat crack is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. I know I said last question, but I'm going to supplement it. Should you um, use peroxide to disinfect your seeds before you plant them? Okay. Twofold, twofold answer. Taking up too much time. We this probably gonna... should have made an episode out of this, but <laughs> maybe we'll revisit it in a little bit. But I, yeah. I'm, we'll, this will be the last one, then we can move on. Okay. So depending on the type of seed, uh, seed coats are incredibly dirty. They've got fusarium in them. That, that's what causes damping off. Fusarium can also be found in soil. So the peroxide soak, and make sure you do your research. Some seed takes more time in peroxide. Some t- seed takes less time in peroxide. And almost always they're talking about using a 3% hydrogen peroxide mix. And you have to watch because you can get 4, 6, 29, 32. Do you dilute that or do you just use a 3%? The 3% you use as 3%. Okay. And then always make sure that you give your seeds a really good running water rinse afterwards. And then the other thing is to use a good quality seed starting mix in clean containers that you've scrubbed the containers with a 10% bleach solution. And um, like if I'm starting things like lith hops or, or house plants or stuff like that, I microwave my soil. Yes, it takes all of the nutrients out of the soil, but it also kills things like alternaria, fusarium, all sorts of pathogens that can cause your seedlings to damp off. And it smells bad. <laughs> Fair warning. Yeah, I'm not a fan of cooking dirt. I don't like the smell of it if it is in the oven. Uh, but uh, to me, if you do it in the microwave, it kind of smells like baked potatoes that you didn't scrub the mud off of. Oh, okay. Well, that, yeah. that wouldn't be as bad. Yeah. Yeah. I think I oven baked mine when I was doing my lithops. Oh, it smells terrible. Yeah. I yeah. did with my cactus and it was, yeah, my house. I regretted it. <laughs> <laughs> And to this day. <laughs> awesome. Well, I, I feel like there's probably more to discuss on that, but um, it's, it is time for us to move on to our next segment, which is actually pretty much the opposite of what we're just talking about. Since we are going to be talking about already established plants, we're going to talk about next level growing plants inside and some of the things that we do to grow our plants in our homes that... I mean, I don't think that we're re- reinventing any wheels, but I know I myself have done some things lately that have vastly improved my uh, growth rate and my satisfaction with my plants, actually. You've been so excited about your plants lately. It is so good to see. Yeah, it is. I think I just got so I got so lazy about it. And then I was one day I was like, Chris, you pull up your pants and you make your plants better. You bought them. You have to Take care of them. So that's what I'm doing. Did you say it in that voice? I think I might have actually. <laughs> that's that's the mom. Yeah, that's my in, yeah. that's my internal mom voice. And like one eyebrow went up when you did that. Yeah. And I'm sitting on my hands right now or there would have been a finger wag. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's not start with me, Sue. I know you just moved. So you are now kind of rearranging your plants in your house. You have lots of great windows. Are you doing anything different and I know you ha- wouldn't have seen much difference yet in your plants because it's so new, but have you have you changed anything that you've done? I have. I am not using a single grow light at the moment. I'm not getting rid of my grow lights just yet because maybe I'll need them. But I'm I not have first using... right of refusal. I have first right of refusal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just jealous of our windows. I have. Screw you and your grow lights. Yeah, <laughs> I have windows that face in every direction. I have like 30, 30 some windows in my house. So I have windows that face in every direction. I have plants in almost getting to be every window. Um, And I have to say, I do notice, maybe I don't notice like a huge growth spurt. We haven't been there for a month yet even, but I do notice my plants look perkier. All of them. Even like some of my cactus and stuff. I don't know how to put it, but there's just a perkiness to them. They're just upright. They're just, they're liking it. And so I think, Think. So what you're saying is your cactuses are a little more erect? Yeah, my cactuses okay. are a little more erect. The spines on them seem to be a little more erect. And I don't know, everything just <laughs> seems to be a little perkier. And I am enjoying that. And I do going to see how it goes um, next winter. But I might, I might give my grow lights away. Yeah, winter for you would be interesting because heating close to the window when you have so many windows might be a challenge, especially when it gets down to minus 40 I would assume. Yeah, I 
I've already kind of thought like how far back am I going to have to move everything, especially like the one room that has like, pa- it's mostly window panels. Um, I'm going to have to move everything back. When we first moved in, it was cold and I, I did kind of damage a couple plants because they were too close to the windows. I had to pull them back, but I have a wood stove and under that part, cause it's an addition that was put on, it's not insulated and we're going to have someone come and price out for the f- spray foam insulation, which will make a gazillion differences but also heat registers are placed around your home here in Alberta anyway under like usually under the windows on the outside outskirt walls to help create the heat so like right now I have those little deflectors on but when it's minus 40 do I want those deflectors on or is it going to be helpful for our heating bill is it going to be helpful for my plants to you know have them off or on or is it going to be more helpful to move them away from the window so I have those kind of questions for myself this winter I'll have to see I hope it feels like it's forever away before that winter comes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so is there anything that you miss from your old place to your new place about your plant care? Or are you just really throwing yourself into this whole new uh, situation? I haven't thought about my old house very much. There's just so much at this one to do. It, like we doubled size and there's choices. I never had choices before. And before I could just cram plants and now I'm like, I need to space it out because I got all this space. So I do find that I'm having a struggle of where to put what and how that looks. I'm moving them around constantly. Um, I have a lot of makeshift things right now. Um, the kind of makeshift plant stands until <laughs> I decide what I actually want to put there in those spots. Um, as far as shelving and everything goes, like I'm using some bar stools and things like that that aren't really for plants. but it's kind of nice you can create your own natural jungle, though. Yeah, it is. Yeah, super cool. It is. Um, I'm, I like it. Good. Well, I'm happy. That's great. Yeah. Amanda is a goddess of growing plants inside, <laughs> whether there are windows or not. And um, I know we've talked lots about your plant room, but I think you have plants everywhere in your house. I do. Including the mysterious and highly secure plant room with your more rare plants so maybe take us on a quick walk around your house and the different scenarios that you have and how you give your plants what they need depending on what their location is okay so in my living room I have a big bay window and uh, that bay window in itself gets beautiful beautiful light the plants that are in there are huge that's my magic space if I want something to bloom I stick it in that window and I'm like haha you know, you're going to bloom whether you want to or not. Which way does that window face again? South? That window faces southeast. Okay. I would be much happier if it faced east. Yeah. Uh, you, I maintain that you can grow just about anything in an east-facing window except for succulents. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so that window faces southeast. It actually does get a little too hot for some of my Hoyas that are in it. You can tell by the beautiful sun-bleached yellow leaves on some of them. <laughs> yeah. They're spectacular. I'm just like, whatever. Just don't look at it. It's fine. But um, the thing that I have to consider with that window is because it is a bay window, it gets quite chilly. The floor underneath gets quite cold. So I really have to watch my watering in the winter. Uh, in the summer, top of the soil's dry. Okay, splash water on it. It's fine. In the winter, because of the cool, your soil dries out slower mm-hmm. and your roots are a little more susceptible. So in the winter, I really have to make sure that that window is ready for water before I water it. Otherwise, you will get, I, every year, at least something will end up with root rot in that window. But you don't move those plants around? I do not. No, they stay there. Um, they're... Plants are used to some temperature changes throughout the year. Even if they're living in a tropical climate, there's going to be, you know, a cooler season and a warmer season. So having that temperature change isn't going to be an issue for them. I just have to really mind what I'm doing water-wise. Fair enough. And then in the rest of your living room, you have other plants as well that require less light or... Is it just the window where you have um, those? No, I've got uh, a couple of really big Hoyas more away from the window. They are, they get lots of light. You know, I've got uh, a Brazil philodendron over there. Um, the thing that I have to remember about those Hoyas that are not right in the window, they will never bloom where they're at. 
They just do not get enough light. End of story, period. So you set that expectation for you and then you're not disappointed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, if I want those to bloom, I'm going to have to either set up a grow light on them, move them closer to the window, switch out my plants that are in the bay window for those. But I know that with those beautiful dark green shiny leaves where they're at, those plants, no matter what I do, are not going to bloom in that situation. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. So, so we talked about your living room. What's the next room you'd like to walk us through? Well, then there's my kitchen. You can see it from one from the other. Uh, plenty of the plants from the living room are crawling through the kitchen pass-through. My husband really loves it when he sits in his chair at the table and they're like poking him in the head. <laughs> yeah, he, he thinks that's the greatest thing in the world. I swear he does. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my kitchen windows all face north. So in there, I've got um, things that appreciate that more filtered light. Um, I've got big ripsalis in those windows, which are all getting ready to bloom like crazy. Uh, some of my deschidia are hanging in those windows because they appreciate the filtered light. And they're going gangbusters. Again, close to the window, I have to watch my winter watering. They've got to be ready for it. Not too dry, not too wet. If they're too dry and they're wilted and they're already stressed and they're cold and you throw water on them, it's bad. <laughs> They're just like, what? Yeah, what? and I do protest. <laughs> I'm going to say that I can't blame them. Right? Yeah, we like, wouldn't like yeah. that either. You're I right. don't want to be cold and thrown in a cold shower. Like, no. no. <laughs> Go away. No. I don't want that. Make me quite cankery. Yeah. So those plants that you have in the naturally lit rooms, and Sue, I guess I would ask this question to you as well. How often are you fertilizing the, those plants where you have a bit less control over their conditions? Uh, anytime I remember. So once a month. Oh yeah. Okay. And that's year round. Yeah. I don't care. Do you use a different fertilizing schedule for plants that are in different, um, environments in your home? It depends on how badly I have spring fever. Gotcha. And then Sue, how, how about your fertilizing? It's cause well, you're all natural now. I am pulling from a friend of mine, uh, her, her technique and I am fertilizing low doses every time I water right now. Okay. And I am no, like I said, my plants are just, they look, they look better. They do. And I'm mixing up the fertilizers. Like I might use like miracle Grow 2020 this week. I might use some fish fertilizer next week. I might use some, um, oh, I'm trying to think of different names. Of fertilizers. Like Marfil or Gaia yeah, Green Gaia or Green, any of those. Yeah. yeah. Some of those, I got um, some hydroponic grow stuff that you can use in your plants, vitamin B. Um, I do notice that I try to give them that a couple times, especially throughout the summer. Little, it's really black. It stains like crazy, but and you only need like the teeniest little bit, um, like a one milliliter drop in your water can. And then I've tried to do that a little bit, like four times a year. But in the summer, I'll try to do it like every like four weeks or so. Give them a little extra vitamin B. And so that's that's gonna be my. My new thing I'm trying and seeing where that goes. I feel like you're just kind of gut instinct, instincting it I and I like it. Yeah. I'm a big, well, I look at my plants and kind of decide what they need from there. I don't necessarily research and read for days and days unless there's a problem or I don't know anything about that plant. Then I'll kind of look it up. But I find when I look things up, because there is, it's online, I could write an article, I could put it on there. Somebody might read it. Maybe my advice is completely wrong. I don't know, right? Like, what works for you works for you, right? Yeah, like I find yeah. there's so much different variants in things. There's some basics that stay the same, but I think there's a lot of different variants. So I just personally, I'm kind of hippie and I just go with the flow. Cool. I like how you both said Gaia green at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because every fertilizer has something different in it. Why not mix them up? Totally. And I see I'm the opposite. I read every fertilizer article, like I, you know dry university paper because I because I'm a nerd I feel like I'm the mama bear in this situation because I'm right in the middle <laughs> yeah but you know what like switch it up yeah. you know water full strength once a month you know water half strength or quarter strength every watering like just go for it and I think you know going back to what Sue said about some of these fertilizers need a drop in a bucket of water oh yeah it's so easy to be tempted to be like, that's not enough. But I actually saw a lady on Facebook. She posted a, a pilea and her, 
the poor thing was just like it looked like it had a blowtorch taken took taken to it, but not oh, burnt, no. like not black. Oh. But, and so um she had fertilized at full strength, not realizing that there was some instructions. So yeah, the I'm gonna encourage blood. people to read instructions on things. Like read instructions. You go to the greenhouse, you buy some fertilizer, read the instructions on how to use it. You go to the greenhouse, you buy a plant. Usually, um, or the grocery store, there's a tag in there. It'll kind of say what kind of light, what kind of soil it needs. Like yeah, unless follow- it says generic tropical. Yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite Or assorted. Yeah. Assorted. Uh, I'm really excited to get into some of your other rooms, Amanda. So what's next? Um, I actually don't have any plants in our bedroom. You know what? I don't either because we're really bad at opening the window. Oh, I love having the what, it's 40 below. I'm like, crack the window. It's too warm. No, I mean the curtains. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I... <laughs> my poor neighbors. I, I'm just going to say that like we have curtains. Because you should. <laughs> Not because I actually understand the operation of curtains. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Like my, my poor husband, he's like pulling the curtain shut on his side of the bed. I'm like, whatever. I like the light. You know. All right. Well, you're the plants in there. Though. Tell yeah. us maybe we, we're getting close in our time. Oddly, like we have lots to talk about today. <laughs> um, why don't you tell us about the room that you have most control over when it comes to the, your plant's environment. You mean the one that you'll need a retinal scanner to get into? Correct. Your eyeball, I will need it. Uh, yeah, no, I, I like having two. It offers <laughs> symmetry. Um, and death perception. Okay, if I ever go missing, you guys need to check these two for my eyeballs and my fingerprints. Like they, and, they've And toes, just in case. They, they've stashed me somewhere and I need <laughs> rescue. Uh, um, <laughs> Okay, so my office. Uh, my office has several zones. Uh, you wouldn't think that it's like a 12 by 14 room. It's got zones. But uh, all of my lights are on timers. And all of the distance uh, the, that from between my shelves and my lights, uh, the plants that are on those shelves are set on those shelves, not because they look pretty on that shelf, but because that shelf has a specific light requirement or heat requirement that that plant needs. So do you have a light meter that's not on your phone that you're using to measure that? I I do. Any camera light meter will work. You can find the conversion charts. Right. I do believe there's an app on your phone that's quite accurate that you could use. You could download and use. Yeah, I've got like three of them. I would have a hard time trusting those. Uh, Actually, it's funny because we were having this discussion at work the other day. So we had our like big greenhouse industrial light meter out uh, and we tried three or four different apps on our phones and they were all kind of in a close enough ballpark that it would the the phone apps are accurate enough wow that's amazing yeah kudos to those developers yeah i've also um i follow some photographer pages on social medias and they've also mentioned that they've like tested them out with with the fancy ones and then the ones yeah, the oh, exactly. they're very they're very close. There's a few that they yeah. said were bad, but they're very close. Nice. Yeah. Oh yeah, we're running around like nerds in the greenhouse. <laughs> like, look at this light reading. What do you got? Yeah. So you've got your your plant specifically um positioned to the light. Yeah. Uh lights. I have heat mats under ones that prefer warmer roots. I have a humidifier, like a, a passive evaporative humidifier that runs on a timer. And then I have my grow cabinet, like uh, that has a grow cabinet. <laughs> Whatever, I'm jealous. I mean, envious. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my cabinet runs at a warmer temperature. Um, I've got lights on different shelves depending on need. It runs at a higher humidity. Um, Doug from Vermont Hoyas has a horror story about setting up a grow room in his house. He just about rotted his house right? out. Yeah. Um, so I am very, very conscious of humidity levels and that sort of stuff. So my 50% humidity is kept in a metal and glass cabinet right. because my husband would murder me if I rotted the house out. Right. Yeah. And then everything's on uh, e-timers and all of that sort of stuff and Wi-Fi timers. Yep. So I turn stuff on and turn stuff off as needed. And then I've got my vivarium. That's on its own schedule, and I'm actually going to build another one, just specifically for orchids, because 
Yeah, I need to. Yeah, I'm I'm just in the middle of setting up a uh, Mills Bow Wide, and I'm going to put a whole bunch of plants in there. I'm excited for it. Me too. Yeah, I, I think the wide, I know it's less desirable, but I actually think like a lot of my plants are small. So I'm thinking it's going to be great. And I'm looking at maybe doing some custom shelving inside so I can put a couple taller ones in there that I think need that environment. So, so we'll see. But I know we're running out of time. So I would like to share a little bit about um, my area, if that's okay with Absol- you guys. Yes. And that was really extra level. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, you folks out there, if you have questions, just let us know. Um, and I'm sure that photos can be provided if you uh, so desire. So because I was, well, Sue and I thought we were getting the tall Ikea Mills Bow's, Mills Bow cabinets and then we didn't. So um, I did a ton of research and I bought a whole bunch of stuff to use in the cabinets. And when the cabinets didn't come, I set up, I was like, well, I don't really want this stuff to sit around. So it was grow lights, humidifier, um, the temperature, it's the Govi temperature and humidifier or um, hydrometer. I have two of those now. They're awesome, by the way. You get them from Amazon. Uh, and I had just some other stuff like some pegboard and some items to go on the pegboard. So I put everything in my office instead so I have two shelves in my office that run almost the length of the room and they're perfect for plants. And so I actually ended up putting those grow lights under the shelves and then having the pegboard and putting little plants in the pegboard. And I set the humidifier beside everything. I wasn't too picky about the humidity because we also have the humidifier on our furnace, which is amazing. A little bit jealous about that. Oh, so good. And they've, <laughs> they've been growing like crazy. It looks so pretty in yeah, there, the way you good. have everything set up. It's gorgeous. So, yeah, and I guess my my thought is you don't necessarily have to have the cabinet, although if you do want a cabinet, you know, take that next step. And I'm going to be doing that. But it will work just to keep it open. And Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah. I really, I'm really enjoying it. It really yeah. has made a difference. And then I have Richard built me a uh, charging station but it's actually a shelf also. So I have plants in there and some grow lights on that as well. So essentially anywhere I can have a shelf and a grow light, that's pretty much what's going to happen in that office. And you know what? That's my office as well. Like I, okay, yes, I have a cabinet in there, but 90% of the stuff in my office is just on open shelves. Yeah. Yeah. And then in my living room, we put up some live edge cedar shelving around our television. And I just have, because we have um, a West facing window in the back of our house, we get incredible light in there all year and so they've been doing pretty well too i love those shelves they look so good yeah Yeah, he did an amazing job yeah we want to i wanted something like that in our house after i paint the red room i know that sounded kinky but it's it's, it's not so i guess you know i feel like i'm kind of in between you guys a little bit Mm -hmm. uh, where there are some areas where the environment is controlled and there are some where it's just kind of like a free-for-all and i guess the point is if you can find a place for your plants to be happy in your house, as long as you know what they need and you can give them even some of those things, they'll be happy. Oh, absolutely. And then if you can give them a little bit extra, they're probably going to grow. Like I mm-hmm. had plants that have never grown and now they're like, thank you. <laughs> and I got a couple of new Hoyas. I got a Shepardii, uh Sunrise and uh, Linaris. Is that yeah, the one Linaris. that you gave me? So, yeah. yeah. And ever since... They have been put in this spot. They're just like, they're growing like mad. They're very happy. Oh, yeah. yeah. They look so good. Um, So I've, I guess maybe that's one of the reasons I was feeling less enthusiastic about my plants too is because I, I wasn't giving them what they needed and they were trying to tell me that. And then once I did, it just was much more satisfying. And I think I've said it before, but now I'm going for quality over quantity all the way. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's my... Brief next level growing. (laughs) (laughs) I love it though, right? You know, your plants are so much, and you've been so much happier since your plants have been happier. Well, I got rid of some too. Like, I know I started that Calathea collection again, and I, even while I was doing it, I was like, why am I doing this? And then they all died. So, (laughs) so I was like, well, I guess that's just showing me yet again, I should not be growing these beautiful plants that they're jerks. Oh, they're so pretty though. They are, they're beautiful, but they're mean. So pretty. Um, any last high level growing plants inside tips for our listeners? Try things. Enjoy it. If it doesn't work, go back to what you were doing. 
Yeah. Or ask and see what people's consensus are. Mm-hmm. Um, I know sometimes people get scared to ask on groups things just because they're worried that they might come across like it was a stupid question. Um, when it comes to plants, there isn't really a stupid question. Trust and- me. <laughs> how how long would you say, Chris, that it took your plants to sh- start showing their appreciation when you move them? Because lots of people expect it to be instant and it's yeah. not. You know, I, I do have to say it was fast. Like it yeah. was way faster than I expected. It Probably, was really what, fast. Two weeks? Probably. But yeah. even for example, the Shepardi eye clipping, like I got it and I obviously it was moved from whatever situation it was in into my environment. I replanted it because I wanted it to be in a specific um, planter. And I was shocked when about a week later I started seeing new little nubbies of growth. And I was like, that's never happened to me before. I've never had a plant turn around that quickly, especially when it's a clipping that I've purchased from somebody else. It was a rooted clipping, but at the same, and also um, I have an Imperialis as well that I just got mm-hmm. from a person who is very an good. incredible grower. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who's very good at growing those. And I put it, I guess I put it in the right spot because over like the course of two weeks, it already has a little rocking out dude with like four leaves. Yeah. It's looking awesome. Yeah. I I was just blown away. All of them look good. They look so good. And I, the way you have it arranged with the pegboard and the little pots that clip in and everything, it looks, it's just so very you and I love it. And those are Ikea. I think it's Scadis, I want to say. Yeah. I think that's the series. Yeah, they're really popular for folks to use them in mills bows. It is the Ikea Scatus. I have no idea if I'm saying that correctly or not. But um, it is a really great little system. And even when I move my plants off of that into my new cabinet, I'm still going to use that for other things because I'm not going to take it off the wall. No, absolutely. No, no, it looks so good there. And I'll just have more room for more plants. So... We'll work on that. Well, and that's always a good thing. And I I love the light in there too. Um, it's so dark in the winter here. I know we've talked about that before where we have daylight for seven hours, maybe six hours if during we're lucky, the day. Yep. And if having those lights in there, I would walk in there and just be like, oh, yeah. Oh, I know. I love walking into <laughs> my office in the morning. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the ticket right yeah, there. It's this perfect. feels good. I even in our old house, like when I had the plant room with the lights, it was one of the things I loved. And here in this new one, I mean, we started moving when there was longer days, but I think because there is so many windows and so much light to come in, it's not going to be so bad, but I might need a grow light for myself. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be laying on the floor in my office. My husband's like, you okay? I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. You're in my, you're in my light. We yeah. keep the door closed when we're, when I'm not in there. And so it'll be warm and kind of humid and it smells good and it's sunny yeah yeah Yeah, and if you close your eyes and take a sip of your margarita it feels like you're not (laughs) even at home exactly exactly well i hope that those were some great tips for you um fine listeners out there who stuck with us through this episode and kind of followed along our journeys in our own homes and how we grow our plants inside if you have tips or questions about that we'd love to hear them any final thoughts from you ladies? Yeah, no, but I think everybody should spend some time in a, a grow late lit room in the winter. It's just so good. Yeah. And um, do what works for you. You do you, as they say. Mm-hmm. Still not letting you guys in my office. <laughs> not without, well, 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 it'll be like when you're in, um, when you're like making drugs and you have to be in there without clothing because the drug lords are like, I'm afraid you're going to steal my well, drugs. Well, see, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make you guys put on oven mitts and then I'm going to duct tape them to your wrists so you can't pick anything. Challenge accepted. Uh, oh, I haven't showed you what I could do with my toes. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> thank you so much for listening with us today. Um, we're really happy to have you along with us. And if you want to reach out, we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash fancy plants podcast we are on instagram at fancy plants podcast and you can email us social at fancy thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week when we're talking plants bye bye come on sugar mama get your green on 
Mm-hmm. The fancy plants. Oh yeah. 